Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorization number TP slash 01005. On SENSA, welcome to The Sandful Show. For Host Plus, an industry super fun for all Australians, the Host Plus Sandful League is just warming up. Feeling those game day vibes? Nothing beats it. Oh yes, welcome to The Sandful Show. And just on that, Host Plus, an industry super fun for all Australians, not only to benefit its members. Search Compare Host Plus today. Um, good afternoon to you. Great to have your company this afternoon. My name's Andrew Hayes. Miles Fitzner is in the building as well because he's just been consistent couple of very, very solid weeks from you, Fitzy. So I think that's your ticket in. Hello, mate. Uh, good to be here. Hello, listeners to The Sample Show. Always like chatting my uh, sample footy. Plenty happening. Mm. Big show lined up too. We've gone straight to the top. Mm. As we always do. We've got uh, Logan Hill, uh, one of the Blood's most consistent players who's been there for so long. Year 15, I reckon he's entering now. 34 be, years old. He'd be 190-odd games. I haven't looked that up yet. Yeah. He? But he'd be there somewhere. Approaching 200 games. Uh, we're going to uh, chat to the big dog. And that is Darren Chandler, the CEO of The biggest of dog of dogs. The biggest dog of dogs. The dog that beats up all the other dogs. Yeah, and then, we, <laughs> and then we're going to chat to uh, one of your old mates. One of my old mates, Justin Hardy, who won a Kent Farmer in 2012 while he was playing at Central Districts, finished his career at West Adelaide, played over 100 games, uh, and was just a good, fun player to watch. He was a big, burly, full forward at his best. 59 goals in 2012 and won a Ken Farmer, Hazy. Mm-hmm. And uh, you put a few down his neck that yeah. Nah, I was injured the whole year, mate. So Every time I ask you about your career, every time you go, nah, I was injured. So how did you end up with flags? Because every time I ask you about anything, how many games did you play? Well, it was right place at the right time. Uh, 100 on the dot out at Centrals. And at the end of it, I sat down and I worked out how many games that I'd missed through injury. How many? 86. 86? 86 games through injury. So Jeez, No we- wonder you walk like you've ridden bulls your whole life. Injury. Yeah. Walk like an old cowboy out of Yellowstone. Yeah, doesn't it take everyone 20 minutes to warm up before they uh, can feel good enough to get out of bed? Or is it just me? No, 86. But the way I look at it is, can you imagine missing out on 86 games worth of match payments? That's why you're buying the coffees, Fitzy. Oh, that's why, that's why you're oh, that's why you're seedy about it. It's the match payments, not about having 186 next to your name. Oh, it hurts. Hey, it really uh, hurts. let's talk about the round um, that's been. It's obviously the split round. Yep. And, uh, well, little could you say an upset south over north? I reckon it is. Absolutely, you can, because north, uh, for the best part of a month, have just shown that uh, they're on top for a reason. They absolutely deserve to be there. Their midfield is so good. We know that. Always big numbers. Never easy, no matter what time, no matter what day, to play and beat South Adelaide down at Norlunga. And this is a team who's fighting for survival. They're without Bryce Gibbs. So what they need to do is try and do enough to get themselves into the five while Bryce is still on track to hopefully get himself back into the side before the minor round ends. But massive upset, really crucial goal from Heaslip late to give the, the Panthers the edge. But... Um, that is a really, really big season-defining win for South Adelaide. It is because they just push ahead of Norwood, who probably, arguably, should be in there too. They've been competitive against yep. all the top sides. So, 
It's a massive win. At the base, though, they just flexed a bit of tiger muscle down there and went wooshka over the double blues. And I mean, they really pumped them. See, that was just a statement win. That was just a reminder that Glenelg are still very much going to be a huge factor in this competition. Sturt have been pushing all year. And I thought, here we go. Is it North Adelaide? Maybe it is Sturt. They've had a couple of really, really nice wins to say that we're potentially the top dogs. But the Bays won't go away. And it's a good sign for the Bays as well because this is the team now without arguably the most important defender in the competition. That is Sturt. He's yeah. now on the Blues list. And Brett Turner, I know he's been rebuilding because he's had a foot injury, but he's a really, really big out. And clearly, the Bays have got some good, solid depth. Darcy Bailey, very, very good in his 100th match. He was. But they're coming. And then you just see old old mate Partington just racks up another 22 or 24, kicks two goals. Nice day at the office for LP. Mm, That's what he does. He's Um, just a class act. And Port Adelaide only just over uh, over the doggies. They put in a pretty good fight. Georgiatis being the difference here. 57 to 74, and Georgiatis kicks four. Mm. I mean, you take him out of the side and... Look out, a Ponderosa would have been pumping otherwise. Well, I mean, it's just a couple of moments. And you're right, he probably was the difference in the fourth quarter. It, it blew out just a little bit. It was very, very close in the second half. Uh, Mitch Georgiades, like you mentioned, with four goals. And just when he leads, he gets such quick separation. He's just athletically gifted. Uh, for Port Adelaide, they'll probably lose Mitch. He'll probably go to the AFL side, you would think, this week. I would have thought. The other one as well was mid-season recruit Brent Tickle. Was very good. Brintical. Brintical. That's uh, that's what we're labelling in Brintical. Quick little story. Oh, here uh, we go. He's got a new nickname. What is it? And I think this was uh, potentially put forward by the coach. I'm just trying to work out why, but uh, Brintical, last name Tickle, his, his nickname apparently is Tess. So we'll oh. just... Uh, <laughs> not bad. Oh, you, you have to explain it to me off air. I'm just trying to work out the mechanics of that. But that yeah, I'm not. <laughs> I'm a, certainly not. Here's a true story. But um, Tess was very, very good. Three goals. Uh, including a ripper in the first quarter. Tess. Um, so God. with a right combination with Sam Hayes. It's unbelievable. And they're already talking as well. It was Brett Montgomery who early in the week said that, um, look, you'd expect him to debut at some stage this year, uh, this week, this year if it's not this week. Um, but I think they've picked up a player for the future there. Uh, also, the state under-18s and state under-20s, have you been following any of that? Some interesting results. Yes. Mm. Um, I'm keeping an eye on I really enjoyed uh, your chat um, this morning with Billy Dowling. He's a good kid, isn't he? Billy Mate, the Kid. I'm marking, I'm telling you right now, I'm marking this kid. He's a star. He's a star, mate. You've earmarked him. Hey, oh, he's our boy now. I think you earmarked him before he even knew that he was good. Right? Uh, hey, You've been, you, you earmarked him almost three or four I'm, years ago. I'm, I'm telling you, this kid, it's a bit of the, we go back through. I've, look, I'm going to pump my own horn here for a second. Not that I do it very often. but you Pump that horn. Yeah, I'm telling you. Over the journey of my time at SEN with the Sample and Red Leg shows and whatnot, each year I've picked a kid, early doors, said they're going to go and go early, started with Dylan Stevens, mm. then went to Lockie Jones, yeah. and now I'm going to Billy Dowling. And I haven't been wrong the previous two. And you should have heard him. Minutes before the draft last year, he pre- he predicted that Jason Horn francis would be a good player. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, you know what? We could go into that, but... All this chat around him at the moment. I mean, you can't go turning up eight or nine touches and then want to be demanding to go and, and a million bucks a year or something like that. Yeah, no it's way. A, it's a big side story. Um, let's have a look at the ladder. So despite the loss, North Adelaide still stay on top. So they're eight wins, uh, two losses. The Bays made a little charge. They're up to second. The Crows sit third, followed by the Eagles and Sturt rounding out the top five. So just a win away from the top five is South Adelaide, followed by the Redlegs, who are a couple of wins outside the top five. And then it goes Port 
Centrals and West Adelaide. But it's going to be an interesting finish, this one. Certainly is. The only teams you can write off are Port, Centrals and the Bloods. The rest of them can all... If form injuries, um, they can all make it. The South and Norwood can make it. Sturt, Adelaide, uh, they can miss it. I don't think the Eagles will miss it. I think the North, Glenelg and the Eagles are locks. And then it's between Adelaide, Sturt, South and Red Legs for the yeah. last two. Uh, and we say this so often, but the Crows' form is going to depend on who's in and who's out. Uh, and there's going to be some pretty solid ins, you would think, this week with so many, a few players that were missing from the Eagles winning the AFL out. So um, watch that space. But uh, it is a really, really even competition. And I love turning up to a game with the best part of, like you mentioned, seven sides where you genuinely don't know what's going to happen. No, it makes it very competitive. And we'll chat to Darren Chandler about that too. We're going to go to a break on the sample show. Thanks to Host Plus, an industry super fun for all Australians. Run only to benefit its members. Search Compare Host Plus today. Miles Fitz and Andrew Hayes back right after this. On SENSA, you're listening to The Sample Show for Host Plus, an industry super fun for all Australians. The Host Plus Sample League is just warming up. Feeling those game day vibes? Nothing beats it. Welcome to The Sample Show. Great to have your company. My name is Andrew Hayes. Miles Fitzner is in as well, doing a very good job. Good stuff, Fitzy. Hello, mate. Mm. Hello to you, as always. Loving The Sample Show. Thought I'd come back. Yeah, good. Thought you'd come back. We might have to make this somewhat of a permanent fixture. We'll yep. see what happens. Well, look, look I hope so. Put it that way. Watch this space. Time now to talk to uh, one of the absolute stalwarts of the sample. He's been at it for a very, very long time. He's a premiership player. Fast approaching 200 games for the Bloods. So we speak of, of course, Logan Hill. Good afternoon to you, Hilly. Hazy, how are you going, mate? I'm going very well, thanks, mate. Uh, importantly, how are you going? Because... I think you've been playing now for the best part of maybe 20, 25 years. How is the body as you do get closer to game number 200? <laughs> um, yeah, 15 years. Um, but, yeah, no, um, it's been an enjoyable uh, journey so far. And uh, the body's definitely the body definitely understands that I'm in, the, in my 30s now. As, yeah, I'm not recovering as quick as I once did. But, uh, yeah, I'm still loving it. And whilst I'm still loving it, I'll... I'll keep um, keep tracking along. But before we talk about the season, can you just take us back to? I mean, I can't even tell you. Will you be able to tell us exactly what year it was when you when you broke your leg and you basically had to start again? And I, I, I dare say that at that time you probably would have been questioning what the future looked like. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, so I'm from Victoria, um, and I've been playing in the VFL for a year. And Andy Collins was my coach, and he um, he got the job at West Adelaide. Um, the following year and he asked me to come over with him so I came over in 2008 and I'd been here for a, a hot two minutes um, I think it was my fourth game into that year and I broke my leg my, my tip and my fib and yeah I missed the best part of a bit over two two years and uh, yeah actually I re- rehabilitated back home in, in Victoria and um, yeah definitely I suppose question whether I'd I'd come back because it was a long-term injury, but you know Westies were awesome. They helped me a lot um, with my recovery and and put things in place to make sure that I I felt comfortable over here. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm super happy that I I stayed the journey. Mate, can you take us through the pain of it? Do you remember? Did your body go straight into shock, or what was it like? Because it's a pretty horrific incident. Yeah, I'm I'm a bad cramper, and I initially thought it was only in the second quarter, and I thought. I'm already cramping kind of thing. Um, and then when I looked down at my leg, my leg, the bottom part of my leg was sideways. And obviously I initially knew that it wasn't cramp. And 
I actually, I tried to remove myself. I tried to get away from my ankle because I was like, that's not mine, that's not mine. And and then you come to the realisation that that's, you know, you've done something pretty serious. So I think initially it's shock. And then um, by the time the shock wears off, you've got the green stick in your mouth. And um, I think that's helping helping with the pain. Um, but yeah, it was it was pretty painful. And then I remember that night, I got surgery at about midnight that night. Um, and I was only sort of, I was only just turned 19. And I remember um, mum flew over from Victoria and just managed to um, see me before I went into my, sur- in, went in for surgery. And um, yeah, it was all sort of, it was all sort of over pretty quickly. But yeah, it was pretty pay- painful in the moment for sure. Hilly Miles here, mate. Just tell us a bit about how long it took you to get back. Uh, I know a few people that some it's taken two years, some it t- can take just over 12 months. What was the, the rehab and how long did it take you to get back from that? Yeah, um, Miles, it was probably the best part of a bit over two years. I, I was out for a year and then when I tried to come back, we got stress fractures uh, around the break. So they, um, I had some rods and some screws in my leg. So they took the rods and the screws out. They thought that might have been causing the stress fractures. And so that got taken out and there was still some issues after that. Um, but yeah, once the stress fractures sort of healed up, I, yeah, I managed to play. But it was probably a good at least two years um, before I was able to play another game. Hilly, we'll talk now about the Bloods. The other week you took it to the Bays and pretty close. A win's not far away. How much does it hurt losing Carmichael and how good was he? Uh, yeah, so the first part of that question, oh, you know, that was probably our best game against Glenelg. We're really close. Um, it's very cliche of me to say this, but we are a very young group, um, me being the outlier um, and John O'Beach and a few others um, that I won't throw under the bus. But, yeah, I thought it was our best performance of the year. The boys, you know, we didn't have the best start, but they kept on chipping away. And I think that's the best thing about a young group. Um, they sort of just they get on with the job like on a Monday night after a, a bad loss over the weekend they just sort of get on with the job and it's quite infectious to be around that. And um, it certainly helped me being around that young group because I can kind of stew over a loss for a while. Um, so that's one good thing about this young group. And yeah, I feel like you're right, Miles. I don't think we're too far away um, from a from a win. In terms of Kami, yeah, it, what a story. Like he was playing country footy 12 months ago, or six months ago, and he come and um, did a pre-season got some raw ability, like some real sort of um, natural talent. And, yeah, he um, had an amazing sort of first six games. I think after five games, he made the state team. And, um, yeah, he will definitely be a big loss for us, for sure. He was an attacking offensive midfielder. But it just, you know, like I said, with that younger group, it gives uh, one of the younger boys an opportunity to come up, come in and, and, um, and play at league level and... Yeah, I feel like we are building in the right direction. I spoke to Josh over the weekend and he had a good first hit out for Collingwood's VFL team and he said he was there yesterday um, at the Queen's birthday match against the D's. So, um, yeah, he's, he's loving Melbourne, he said. Uh, describe his character because we got yeah, to meet him. This is where I was going to go with this. And he worked in a bottle hole or something, doesn't he, Hazy? Very laid back <laughs> young country kid. Very laid back. Yeah, you hit the yeah hit the nail on the head there, Hazy. He um he's a ripper. Like he's what you what you hear is what you get with um Tommy. Um, he's got a great personality. 
he's a great table tennis player. Um, he went out and I, I play a little bit of um, cricket in the summer and he came out and played a little bit of cricket for us. Um, and then he was too good for our league and he went and played some turf cricket. Um, so whatever, he, I think he went over to college in America and played a bit of basketball. So literally whatever, uh, you know, bat, ball, whatever he picks up, he's, he's pretty talented at. So, um, but the best thing about him is just a laid back sort of country kid. And I think um, heading to the big smoke and, and playing a bit of AFL, that's not going to change his character. He's, um, yeah, he's a ripper. And you mentioned before, Healy, you didn't want to throw some of those older blokes under the bus. So I will. You're talking about Tom Keogh and Hamish Hartlett just to round out this group of uh, elder statesmen. Um, Hammer in particular, how, how's he going and what's he brought to the group uh, coming off such a, a long AFL career with Port Adelaide? Yeah, he's been awesome. Um, probably hasn't played as many games as what he'd like to have played this year, but just his professionalism off the track, what he does you know, prior to every training session, um, his craft work before training, just his general knowledge out there on at training. When we watch our reviews during the week, um, his ability to convey messages in a, in a fairly simple way to some of our younger boys who are probably sitting there going, I've got no idea what he's saying. Um, it's awesome. And yeah, I think he'll, he'll be, you know, once his playing career is done, he'll definitely be a great coach one day because he's able to build that rapport with, um, with players from, you know, from with me to sort of 18-year-olds. So, yeah, he's been awesome. Hilly, 194 matches, 28 goals. Can you see in the twilight of your career just maybe sliding up forward and just uh, racking a few more of those up and just taking it pretty easy? <laughs> Have you got Gotchi's phone number, Miles? Um, <laughs> yeah, dear. Uh, yeah, I don't venture. I think as my career sort of gone on, I, I sort of started in the midfield, got out to the wing, went to sort of more of an attacking halfbacker, and, and now I'm sort of lucky to be playing out of the goal square in the back line. So, um, yeah, I, I, I'm getting further away from the goals, but, um, yeah, I'm, I'm just sort of enjoying it. I, it's, it's not easy at the moment with my body. I am sort of, you know, it's... Um, I'm 34, so it's getting a little bit harder, but I'm still enjoying it. Once I'm there, I'm at training, I'm around those infectious sort of younger lads um, out on the training track. It's Yeah, it is really enjoyable, and I'm just sort of enjoying whatever time I've got left um, at the club. So, yeah. Hilly, one last quick one from me. I always like asking people from Norwood and West Adelaide, whatever, the rumble in the tunnel game. You got any memories of uh, whereabouts were you uh, when it happened? Were you... Were you in the tunnel, we are playing, we're in the stands. Always like asking people about that match. It's interesting, Miles. Um, I teach at Mercedes College, and, and Nathan Bassett is now our um, <laughs> sort of head of head of head of football. So when I when I met him the other day, I sort of said, "Hey, Nathan, I don't think we've met, but we've kind of you know been in close proximity a few times." <laughs> Um, we, we didn't bring up the rumble in the tunnel, but uh, it was interesting. I remember we were the first team I played that day. We were the first team to go into the tunnel, and I was sort of, I think I must have been near the front. Collo was at the back of us, and then directly behind Collo was the Norwood boys coming in. And um, there was obviously that incident, and we had got into the change rooms, and not one of the players were aware of what had happened. And to Collo's credit and to his sort of, professionalism and his ability to understand that there was a game to be played and he didn't want to take our minds off, off the game. He actually didn't bring up didn't bring up bring it up at half time. 
What was a little bit confusing was the Norwood, I think it was the Norwood president or someone from the board actually came in and apologised at halftime. And we were none the wiser to <laughs> understand that why there was a Norwood president apologising to our senior coach at halftime. Anyway, we he didn't he didn't say anything about it, and then after the game is when we got told about it. So yeah, we actually had no idea until sort of post game. Oh wow, good memories. Hey, um, Healy, it's been really fun to catch up with you, mate. You've been such a good player for such a long time, and you've got plenty more football ahead of you if you want it, um, mate. Good luck this weekend against the Crows, and like we said, we feel like that your first win's pretty close. Thanks, Hazy. Cheers, Miles. There you go. What a uh, servant he's been. But how about that? It's a nice little bit of insight yeah, into well, the like, rumble in the tunnel. You sort of get that um, vibe that it was more the, the West Adelaide coaches and officials and then some of the Norwood players and coaches because they were following up the back. But uh, someone needs to actually do a, a like a, a feature. It would be a really good one for you for uh, for Channel 7 to go in and do a deep dive into, oh, I was here and blah, 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 and he grabbed him and... He swung up because it was on. Okay, so then, so you tell me from your inner knowing, then, Miles. <laughs> oh, who, who are we getting if we're well, going to do a little documentary? We, got, who, who are the prime people that we uh, need to target well, to you speak? Got, you got to start with Bass and Colo. There might be a <laughs> former Norwood captain that might be involved there <laughs> at some point. It makes me feel bad though talking to Hilly. Thirty-four. I'm thirty-four. Mm. Uh, I gave up three years ago and I couldn't play. Yeah, uh, and didn't do it. At, unbelievable. And it, you, your body, as you'd know. At 34, doesn't handle, and I'm, you know, he's 80 kilos still mm. running around. He's fit as a fiddle, but it's amazing when you look at it. You go, "Geez, they're fit," but it, it, the the recovery you'd have to do at 34, unbelievable. Oh, he's just been so consistent. So this is a bloke who has just always been a good quality player. So, like you mentioned, he's close to playing 200 games. He's won a couple of best and fairest, and he's a premiership player at West Adelaide. So, when he does decide to retire. He's left one hell of a career at Sample level. It's and to do that after a broken leg early, not many have big careers after mm. a broken tib and fib. Tib and fib, should I say? Like not many at all. Yeah, it, it really does. Oh, it, yeah. it halts your career whole the whole way. So and, it's huge effort. And how about that as well? Uh, the incident. We asked him about the incident. Just sort of said, "I thought I had a cramp." Look down, the legs pointing the wrong way. Tried to get away from it. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, no worries. Oh, goodness me. Hey, we're going to speak to Darren Chandler, the boss of the Sample next. So keep it locked. You're listening to the Sample Show. On SENSA, welcome to the Sample Show. For Host Plus, an industry super fun for all Australians, the Host Plus Sample League is just warming up. Feeling those game day vibes? Nothing beats it. Welcome back to the Sample Show. All thanks to Host Plus, an industry super fun for all Australians. Miles Fitzner, Andrew Hayes with you. And on the Sample Show, Hazy, we go straight to the top. Mm-hmm. We don't muck around. Uh, and speaking of the top, we can't go any higher than this man. His name is Darren Chandler, and he's the CEO of the Sample. Hello, Darren. How are you? Okay, guys. I'm well. Darren, uh, straight off the top, thought we'd break the ice here. Vacancy at the AFL with the CEO job. Are we expecting you to take the next step? <laughs> No, I don't think so. I'm, uh, I'm very happy here. Uh, we've got a great, uh, a great business, great competition, and um, no, looking forward to uh, seeing what happens in the second half of the year. But uh, not, not for me that one. Couple of things we want to run through today. I'm going to start with the mid-season draft. I know you get peppered about it, but uh, is there any conversation at any point that the sample clubs that uh, will be compensated for a loss for the mid-season draft by an AFL club? Oh, look, the compensation currently is $10,000, which is nowhere near enough. Um, so we're, uh, 
We're in constant talks with the AFL. Um, Brad Scott's uh, over this week, meeting with us, meeting with our clubs, um, and we're looking forward to um, to discussing um, that and, and many more things about how we can work together to get a, um, a far better result for the AFL and a far better result for uh, football in South Australia. There's been figures floated around. 25,000 seems to be the one that seems to be coming up. Do you have a figure in mind that is going to be enough to compensate for losing a player like Carmichael? Oh, look, it's very difficult to, you know, the compensation amounts um, very difficult to quantify mid-season. It's a significant loss for clubs, um, players. Great for the players, and we should, you know, we think it's tremendous for players getting an opportunity to play at the highest level. It's about when when we do it and, and, and the conditions that sit around that. So, oh, look, uh, you know, we'll, we'll have those discussions with the AFL, but um, obviously um, significant comp- compensation um you know, is important if there's no other way to do things. Is, what sort of other sort of um, suggestions or ideas could be on the agenda with AFL House, Darren? If we're talking some of the me- mechanics of it all, I mean, as an example, I know a lot of people are up in arms about the idea that someone like Jed McEntee gets recruited from Sturt and then straight away plays for Port Adelaide and he's not playing in the AFL. And there's potential for Brett Turner to be in the same situation. Yeah, I think there's a, there's a range of different ideas that have been floated around from... You know, do you do you have more of a top-up system like we've had now for um, you know the, the COVID top-ups this year um, in, instead of a mid-season draft, and that way players only go up when they're playing AFL footy. Um, the players get drafted, but actually stay at their club and, until they're needed to play AFL footy. Because um, that was the intent. The intent was of the mid-season draft, from from what I understand, is that uh, you know it was to replace long-term injuries where clubs needed players to, to play AFL footy, um, not as uh, long-term prospects for the club, which they can pick up uh, at, the, at the normal draft. So, um, and look, there's a lot to work through. Um, we're, uh, we're really open to, to having some, some really good discussion with Brad and, and, and hopefully there's a, a better solution out there. Let's go to the crowds, Darren. Now, I know we're seeing a bit of a... Uh essentially a turn in people rocking up to the AFL. What can you tell us in regards to crowds um, at the Samful at the moment? Look, we were coming off a terrific uh, day yesterday. Um, you know, over 4,000 people down the bay to see that game between Glenelg and Sturt and good numbers down at Norlunga um, between South and North. Um, overall, our, our crowds are down um, from uh, from last year. And I think there's a range of reasons for that. Um uh, I think, you know, COVID's certainly playing a part. Uh, people are, you know, they're actually crook with COVID or close contacts, and that's um, been a challenge for everyone to deal with. But the other one is the um, the floating fixture of the AFL. That makes it really, really difficult for every level of football to plan for and for, for people themselves to plan their their, their weekends. Um, so we'd certainly like to see that get back to normal next year and, and not have a floating fixture to deal with because... As you know, we, we try to schedule our our uh, rounds around the AFL and um, and not avoid, you know not have clashes here at uh, at Adelaide Oval um, for the benefit of the AFL clubs and also our sample clubs. So that's a challenge. Um, but I think um, you know we're we're also coming off a, a, a 
a two-year pandemic and um, recovering from that and getting back into um, the normal swing of things is, is a bit of an issue as well. So I'll be really confident going into 2023 we'll see um, a bit of a bounce back at all levels of footy. Have we seen then on the flip side a, a bit of an increase in regards to the the uh, the viewing on TV and, and as, as well with the, the sample product, the digital pass? and Because it's been fantastic uh, what the sample have done in regards to the commentary uh, and the broadcasting of these games, are we seeing then it, that in in turn an increase there, or is it just sort of down on on just in general in regards to the pandemic? No, it's a really good point. You know, consumption of footy and consumption of the sample in particular is uh, is on the rise. Um, you know, we've got uh, well over five thousand subscribers um, uh, from from a sample now perspective who are consuming uh, a lot of football um, during the week and on weekends. Um, our, our Channel 7 broadcast um, numbers are significantly higher than they have been in the last few years. Um, so, you know, the product's really good um, and uh, and people are still very interested. Um, but I think, like everyone's found, we've, we've all changed our habits a little bit over the last couple of years. And, um, you know, uh, that's, that's something that we've just got to deal with. But, it's you know, it's great to see um, people still uh, really interested in the sample competition. So how are the clubs going, Darren? I mean, last time we spoke to you, it was, you know, a lot of these clubs who are really sort of on their knees, they survived the pandemic. And now it's a t- chance to, I suppose, go again and, and create some more opportunities. But if crowds are down, how much of an effect is that having on some of these clubs financially? Oh, most clubs are in a, in a pretty good position at the moment. Um, as you said, they've survived a couple of years of the pandemic. Um, you know, we've we've obviously worked with a lower cost base, and um, I think you'll find that uh, the majority of clubs will, will come through this year uh, pretty well as as well. So, um, you know, it's all part of the rebuild now to, to get the, the um, to get football in this state and and uh, our competition back to as strong as it um, it possibly can be. Uh, just a, a word as well on the current state of the competition you must be happy with the state of football I mean it's such an even competition it feels like the last sort of two or three years in particular um, the sample has really separated itself from the rest of the competitions as being the best um, state league competition outside the AFL oh look we, we're really proud of that and um, the competition this year is outstanding I think you've, you know, you've got West Adelaide and Central is re, still rebuilding um, and we saw West Adelaide you know nearly get over the line against Glenelg last week but um, overall, uh, the other eight clubs are all in it for um, a, a fight for the final five. And, um, you know, Glenelg, Sturt, North Adelaide, Adelaide, um, Norwood, South Adelaide had a great win yesterday against uh, North Adelaide in, a, in an even competition. Um, we know the, the margins in games this year are, are, are lower than um, they have been in the past. So, yeah, we've seen a, a terrific even competition with some great footy being played. Darren, appreciate your time as always. You probably don't get told this enough, but we'll tell you here, you're doing a great job of running the competition. And uh, look, if there's anything you ever want to announce, you can announce it here with us uh, first. We greatly appreciate it. <laughs> but uh, mate, appreciate your time this morning and everything you do. And uh, look, uh, look forward to chatting again soon. I appreciate that, guys. And uh, look, I've got a terrific team that um, that I work with in, in Matty Doldick and, uh, and Sean, uh, Sean T- uh, Tui. Uh, and Joycey, they do a great job and, um, you know, the, the entire team that run footy in Australia are really, really lucky and, um, you know, love uh, doing what they do. Thanks, Darren. Thanks, guys. Darren Chandler there, the CEO of the SANFL. Um, it's always good to chat to. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, and he's, I mean, he's bang on. It's a, it is, it's not just an issue now for the sample about losing players to the mid-season draft. They've accepted that. I think we have accepted the mid-season draft is here to stay. 
but a lot of people wouldn't know that. And I was certainly unaware that, I mean, clubs potentially are losing money overall by uh, well, getting players taken. I think John Elg's a big example. They've lost Durden, they've lost Brett Turner. Uh, and there's word there that potentially they've lost in total five to ten grand from what they invested to get these boys over to what's happening right now. Well, that's the thing is because you get boys over, you're also paying them like relocation allowances and you've got baseline minimum contracts. So uh, it's almost got to be it's almost got to be one of the senior sort of end contracts, which are going to be what, almost 30, something like that, plus your match payments on top. Yep. It's got to be close to that, that $25,000, $30,000 range because it's then got to allow a club to go and have that 30000 then before before the June 30 cutoff. They've got a month, really, from the mid-season draft, don't they? Six weeks to actually go and find another player. Yeah, that's tough. Um, and it is tough. But anyway, we've got to go to a break. We could argue about that all day. Mm. The Sample Show, thanks to Host Plus, an industry super fund for all Australians. And don't forget, it's run only for the benefit its members. Search Compare Host Plus today. On SENSA, welcome to The Sample Show. For Host Plus, an industry super fun for all Australians. The Host Plus Sandful League is just warming up. Feeling those game day vibes? Nothing beats it. Welcome back to the Sandful Show. Miles Fitzner, Andrew Hayes with you all. Thanks to Host Plus, an industry super fun for all Australians run only to benefit its members. Search Compare Host Plus today. Hazy, uh, look, there's a bit of nepotism here uh, in regards to the show. We've thought we've lined up these superstar guests and we've got a superstar guest but you're trying to line up guests that you might be a little bit chummy with that might be able to talk up your ability as a footballer and your career uh and uh just talking to him off air i reckon this bloke's more likely to throw you under his name is justin hardy he won the ken farmer medal at central districts finished his career at west adelaide how are you hards yeah, going very well. Yeah, well, Hards, look, uh, Hazy's tried to line this up to get his mates on to talk about how good he was. Uh, <laughs> I want this a complete opposite. Now, he's told me off air that uh, the Ken Farmer he can't claim because he was injured. He didn't slide him straight down your neck when you kicked 59 in 2012. But he said he did go to West Adelaide on big money. Uh, and oh, you just could not say And that. he said, and you couldn't stay at Central's on your own and you had to follow him. Is that true? <laughs> That's pretty true, I yeah, think. Pre- <laughs> Pretty much, uh, yeah. I went for a trip to Thailand with my uh, my wife now, girlfriend at the time, and uh, came back and uh, yeah, Hazy and Chris Schmidt uh, just said, "Hey, do you want to come and catch up the line?" I was like, "Oh yeah, let's go have some beers." And then uh, next minute, it ended up being like a proper meeting. Yeah. Yeah, it <laughs> was. Yeah, it was a genuine <laughs> recruitment tour. Finished at two a.m. Probably. Well, too. The, there was a few little tweaks in this particular recruiting party because usually when they try and woo someone, they pay for the beers, but you still had to pay for your own beers, hard, unfortunately. <laughs> but, <laughs> I, think had, um, I think we had Lee Morgan down there as well at one point. I think uh, uh, yeah, there was a few tunes being played. There was that uh, Sunday Arvo special down, down the line. <laughs> oh, it was a very good day. Uh, and some um, successful negotiations were made. Mate, take us through your career at Centrals um, and basically how you found yourself at the club in general coming over from Victoria. Uh, yeah, well, I started, um, started footy a bit late. Um, uh, at North Ballarat in the under 18 and uh, played one year of AFL there and um, then uh, Tasmania first time side for me so I went and played a year down there um, which was really good and I probably would have stayed there if they if they um, stuck around but the AFL were going to help um, keep the VFL side and their state league comp that they wanted to get going like happened so the Devils folded so had to go find another another place and I didn't 
really want to go to a third VFL club in three years. So, um, yeah, that's when I know there's a, there's a few sample clubs call, uh, call me up and I was uh, flying over every weekend to meet with a few clubs and, um, yeah, decided to come to Central in the end. Hards, you're 196, 97 kilos. Uh, it's been documented that, that sort of at Central's was the leg in to get into the draft. There, there were clubs interested early doors in your career, wasn't there? Yeah, um, yeah, there was. When I was at the uh, the North Dallas Rebels, we had um, eight of us go to draft camp um, out of our side, which was like a massive amount from one team sort of thing. Um, and I think we had about seven of uh, seven more people out of that team go to upstate screening in that one year. Like our team was stacked. Um, we went out in straight sets after finishing top of the ladder, but <laughs> which is annoying. <laughs> so I don't know how we didn't win the flag that year, but um, yeah, I, I got I got um, I went to, I went to draft camp as a ruckman, like in the ruck group, but that was only because like I I used to play basketball and I could jump really high, and um, yeah, once you stop playing basketball, you lose your leap, and then I ended up just coming back to earth and being just a big guy. <laughs> In, in the AFL, so that so couldn't really move very well. So, so hard, Hards, at what point of this conversation can we can we insert that you used to play basketball with Scott Penelbury and you were better than him at basketball? I was never better than him. He was a very good player, but uh, we, we did have battles over the journey. I actually, um, I actually sent him a um, message on his, uh, when he played his 300th game. Uh, I've got no reply. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Hards, who else was in that Rebels group that, that, that got taken? Because you're a stall boy originally, aren't you? Were you a Swifts? Is it stall Swifts there and then went to the Rebels? No, nah, stall Warriors. Warriors, yeah. the dark side of the town. So, oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, part of the Warriors. Um, yeah, uh, we had, uh, so Phil Grigg was there, um, James Crawley, uh, Nathan Brown, Matt Tyler, uh, Matt Austin was there. Foxy uh, George, he can play AFL now, but he was really good. Um, Taz Klingon, um, uh, Tim Tim Hullahan went to um, West Coast. He's a yeah, we, oh, Cavendish was, Hamilton boy, wasn't he? Tim Hullahan. Yeah, yeah. Well, he he was an unreal runner. <laughs> he ran like ran the three k in like just under nine minutes, I reckon. Oh, it was insane. Oh, that's very very quick. Uh, mate, 2012. Take us through the year that you won the Ken Farmer Medal, because I remember watching you from the sidelines, just thinking this guy. Firstly, should be playing in the AFL, but secondly, it was just one of those seasons where, I mean, no one could get near you physically. You're in such good nick, and it was just, it felt like you're in a sweet patch every single week. Yeah, it was uh, it was good. Um, I actually came over to Central's uh, to be a, be a defender, though. Um, and, um, and then uh, I think, yeah, it was at the end of 2011. Um, I missed the grand final in 2011 because I did my quad the Monday night training session before the before the granny. Oh. Um but that's when um that's when uh, I think Shelley and um uh, Havelberg retired and stuff like that. Um yeah, Roy sort of just came to me and he's like, Oh Justin, we need a forward, uh do you want to go forward? I was like, Oh yeah right. So I just went from back line to forward line and um yeah, I was in that, that mode of doing everything I possibly could to get my body right with rehab and ice bars and this and the other and um End up having just getting my body right and had a good year and yeah, had a kick a few goals and uh, thankfully uh, Michael Wunke was injured for three quarters of the year as well so that helped. 
Where, where does the Ken Farmer sit then now, mate? Have you got it? Uh, you got it on the wall somewhere, or is it in the room? Do you pull it out when you go around the hazies just to say you never won one of these? Sometimes it's, always, it's, always, it's around your neck right now, isn't it? He just pulls out his four premiership um, medallions instead. Yeah. <laughs> uh, to be honest, at the moment, I don't know where it is because I'm uh, moving house. Everything's everywhere. I've got half my stuff up Mum Dad's place in Lark's Bay, half the stuff at where we're staying with my um, brother-in-law, and then half the stuff's crammed into the shed where we're about to move into. So uh, I don't know where anything is at the moment, but it's probably in a box of trophies that my mum dropped off. She's uh, filled that all up with all, all my uh, underage trophies and stuff like that, which she just can't throw away. So it's prob- probably somewhere there. But um, I did get a cup, though, uh, when I won the... Ken Farmer, and um, it had no engravings or anything on it. I thought that was, I thought it was a bit stiff there. I had something written on it. It's very <laughs> odd. Sample, but... you, you, you say <laughs> you're moving house, mate. As you said, you lived around the corner. Is this you did follow him to Westies, as he says? Uh, but then now, have you decided to move away from Hazy? No, he's closer. Oh, he's, he's moving clo- closer. You're moving closer. Yeah, I'm. I'm uh, I've gone from about. I've gone been about Oregon 400 metres away to I'm probably about. A hundred meters away. <laughs> yeah, so. no, it's um, good. That was good. Cara, Cara uh, came past, uh, I think, two nights ago, and uh, with uh, Henry and Lottie, and dropped off some uh, chocolate chip uh, muffins for, for me. So uh, that was really nice. That, that, that was my dinner that night. I ended up eating all three. Um, don't tell Henry this, but Sienna got none of them. So, <laughs> <laughs> is that where those chocolate muffins went? I didn't know that. Hey, mate, what's going on now, footy wise? Are you still playing? Um, well, I don't know if you call what I do now playing. I'm sort of just battling around the park at the moment, I think. <laughs> um, I'm, playing, I'm, I'm playing at Flinders Park at the moment, uh, uh, which is uh, which is really good, just around the corner. I was retired last year. Uh, I sort of uh, had enough, body was done, my wife had had enough. Um, so, and I was playing out at Udunda with um, Chris Schmidt. And then, um, yeah, uh, a, a mate who had not been a major has moved into the same street as me, uh, Sam Snowden, and he just was at my year to come play at Flinders. And I don't know, you just get that edge, and I just didn't want to quit footy just yet, even though my wife was definitely well and truly over it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, next minute, I had about three trainings, and I'm in, I'm in the round one this year. And, uh, yeah, we're uh, going along nicely. We're, I think we're second, second on the ladder, so... Yeah, but uh, no, it's good down to Flinders. Um, I'm really enjoying down there. Good bunch of boys. So, but before we let you go, mate, what work-wise, um, what are you up to, and yeah, what's life like, sort of post um, semi-professional, professional football? Um, yeah, so I'm uh, I'm doing carpentry. Uh, got my own carpentry uh, business. Just first fixing uh, some uh, frames together. Um, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a bit of a slog. I wish I was back 23 again. Um, just. <laughs> Being an apprentice and just playing footy, and um, I do miss a lot of those days. Uh, but you know, it is good now with the kids and stuff like that, and and, and whatnot. But um, yeah, no, it's uh, it's going alright. But yeah, the, the work's tough. The body's starting to feel it. I'll tell you that much. Right. I need to start being a radio host like you guys. I reckon. Oh, yeah, oh, I like yeah. that. Oh, jeez, mate. <laughs> I think uh, your industry might be a little bit more stable. Um, mate, plug the business. What do we got? Oh. Um, Oh, well, I don't really, uh, I only do sort of work for builders and stuff like that. I don't really go looking for too much private stuff because it puts me too much under the palm when I, when I start doing it. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't want to like, I don't want to do too, too many people's stuff. I'm happy to do, happy to do, to do some love jobs for people. That's me. So if you need a, 
need another bathroom, Reno Hazy. I'm not more than happy to come. Oh, come I was about to say out, he'd but... be hitting you up for an extension. Great, great. So he just said, <laughs> just said, plug the business, and he said, no, 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 no. What we'll do is I'll work for free. Is that what's going on? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I mean, I mean, I, I think there's a picture frame I've got to hang up at Hazy's place coming up soon or something like that. I think so. Yeah, of himself. Um, <laughs> no, cut, cut the cut the yeah, light globes. Yeah, well. There's one picture frame I've got to hang up of something, and I'm just going to put a hook next to it, or I'm going to hang my Ken Farmer. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. Jeez, isn't it just when mean hearts catch up, just a celebration of two blokes who didn't quite make it? It's good, isn't it? <laughs> hey, hearts, appreciate your time this afternoon, mates. Um, we'll catch up really soon, and um, hopefully the body holds up and you can do some good things with Flinders Park. No, too easy. Thanks for the call, boys. Very good stuff, Justin Hardy. Oh, I can what tell a- you as well, he, he was one of those players at his prime, and I know that Fremantle were really interested around that time in 2012 to pick him up as a mature age recruit, but, I mean, you listed off his his um, weight and his height and everything just before. Just a monster. And one of those blokes, quick little story on Justin Hardy, one of those yeah. blokes who was just athletically gifted. So there was a, a weights record at Central's gym, and it was a 35-kilo dumbbell, so 70 in total. How many reps you could do at once? So this was, I would train for this thing. This, this, this was the absolute pinnacle of my life. I had this record and I had it at something like 28 reps in the best nick of my life. And then Alan Obst turned up and he beat it. He got 30 and Hard just didn't do the record. He just didn't attempt the records because he just, I don't know, he just didn't care for him. So I remember going out on the track because this is the rehab boys. I never played. I was always injured. Going out on the track, getting Justin Hardy off the track after he just done three one Ks saying, I need you to beat this record because I don't want Alan to have the record because I compete with him because we're always injured. Yeah. He goes in there and he does 44 reps. Straight off the bat. Straight off the bat at 70 kilos total, 35 kilo dumbbells. It was just, he's just, yeah, he was just handcrafted by God, the big fella. Well, what a fella to talk to. Like, seems like a really good fella. Hey, uh, before we round the show out, Hazy, we've got to have Mm -hmm. a quick look at round 11, which is obviously one of these split rounds. Eagles and the Doggies, Bloods and the Crows, and Port v. the Redlegs at Alberton with the old grudge match. Eagles, Doggies... At home, you think the Eagles get the chocolates there? Yep, absolutely. So, unfortunately for the dogs, you know I love the dogs. I want to see them get a win. But, uh, I mean, anyone against the Eagles at uh, Mourn Team, Kia Oval is going to be tough. But particularly at the moment, they're flying. The next game, the Bloods v. the Crows, I would say is interesting. But the Crows are going to have some big ins. So, at AFL level, Rochelle comes back in. Jordan Butts comes back in. Luke Brown's a chance to come back in. So, all of a sudden, these listed players are going to fall back into the sandfall and make them much stronger. And then they're much stronger. I thought it might have been the chance for the Bloods, but then it's the way it looks. It's not. But the Port Red Legs game. Good oh, game. Good game, this. Really good, good game. game. Because it, the Port are going to be probably about them. They're not going to be stacked. And nor would have been thereabouts. And, uh, and they, just, they just don't like each other. No. So, it'll be interesting to see what happens. I think Mitch Georgiades is going to go up. So he was so good against the Dogs. You can't expect someone like that to keep playing in the sample. Um, Trent Dumont is out as well, so perhaps Xavier Dersma goes up. So Port probably won't be as strong as they were against the Dogs, and the Redlegs are just doing enough to suggest that they deserve to be in the finals. Yeah, I, I think they're good enough to be in the finals. They've just got to find those games to win, currently sitting in seventh. But I think they can. Anyway, mate, that's all we've got time for. All right. We'll catch you next week, this time next week. So um, enjoy the footy this weekend. If you get an opportunity to go out there and see some local footy, this is The Sample Show. Have a good week. Deck maintenance isn't fun. Move the furniture and barbecue, sand and prep, paint, seal, or get a low-maintenance Trex deck. The only colour fade you'll have to deal with is watching the sunset. 
Trex, the world's number one decking brand.